Welcome to the Awareness Offerings Podcast, a weekly offering of yoga philosophy discussion and guided meditation for the moments we're living in. I'm your host, Laura Tara Davy Joplin. I'm a yoga and meditation teacher, spiritual social media strategist, and integrative counselor, working to integrate the principles of the spiritual path into every aspect of my work and my life. This podcast is an extension of that work as I navigate the world as a white woman devotee of yoga, living at many intersections of privilege, living in the West, and trying to live with awareness. Thank you for joining me in this work. You're listening to episode 13, for when you can't be a machine anymore. Hey everybody, welcome to lucky number 13 13th episode of Awareness Offerings. As always, if you'd like to support the show, you can do that by rating and leaving a review on whatever platform you're using to listen to this podcast. And if you feel called to share on social media or by word of mouth, it's always an honor, but I am just as honored to have you here. So thanks for listening. And let's go right into our opening ritual before I say anything else about what's going on this week, both in the world and in relationship to this podcast episode. Let's go into our traditional opening practice of singing the sound of OM one time. OM is the sound that means consciousness. It is said to be the vibration of the whole universe, the fundamental energy of awareness that animates the entire universe, everything in existence. So when we sing OM, we're calling out to that big awareness and asking it to come toward us. And in a podcast about awareness, we want to call on as much awareness to be as close to us as possible. And that's what we do when we sing OM. So as always, you can join me in this practice by singing out loud or by listening. Both are deep forms of practice. And if you're coming along, I'll invite you to get your body into any comfortable position. Feel free to close your eyes, gaze down the tip of your nose, or gaze softly at the floor. If you're in a position where it's safe and comfortable for you to soften your gaze and really turn your own awareness toward yourself in this moment. And then we'll take a deep breath in through the nose if you can. Full breath out. Just clearing the pathway to consciousness with your breath. And then a deep breath in for one om. Thank you for joining me in that practice. And before we talk about the details of this week's discussion, there's a couple things I want to uh, just call to our attention. One, it's storming as I record this, so you might hear the sounds of thunder and rain uh, through this podcast. And I just, I call attention to that to just make you aware of all of the sensory realities that you might be experiencing as you listen to this, especially if you're like listening to it in a really calm and quiet space and you hear a big clap of thunder. I don't want that to catch you off guard. Um, And as we get ready to talk about what we are talking about this week, I want to just 
offer a moment of awareness for what's going on in the world this week, specifically uh, in Afghanistan. Um, the, the Taliban has taken the country of Afghanistan, um, and I want to offer just a moment of silence, solidarity, grief, prayer, love, kindness, whatever you do uh, for the Afghan people. And just acknowledging um, that this is a moment where many folks are having to leave their homeland and grieve their country and be unsettled, be afraid, be in danger. Some people can't leave. Um, and there's a lot of complex just a lot of complexity at play. And I also acknowledge that I'm sitting here saying this as an American woman. And for as long as I've been paying taxes, my tax dollars have gone to, they've, they've helped to fund the, the destabilization of Afghanistan that has then led to a corrupt government um, in Afghanistan, which has then led to this particular uh tragedy and crisis that is unfolding. I am not separate from that. My country is not separate from that. For the last 40 plus years, we've played a hand in um, destabilization and uh, using Afghanistan for its resources, which has um, just led to, which has bred corruption and, and led us to the point where we are. And I also acknowledge that that is a very, very um, incomplete analysis is not an analysis at all um, and it's really not my place to to speak to the the history or realities of Afghanistan um, or to try to analyze what's going on but I just want to acknowledge my position in this um, and also acknowledge that it's insufficient to now be sitting here and offer just a moment of silence that one that that's just it's not enough. <laughs> it will never be enough. And it's not my job to have it be enough. I am not the savior of the Afghan people. And to assume so is problematic in itself. Um, and that it's insufficient that, you know, the crisis has reached a boiling point And it's taken that for me to engage with this in a real and public way. It's just not enough. And I want to offer all those pieces of awareness as I offer and ask us to take a moment of silence uh, for the Afghan people, for their grief, for their pain, uh, for their anger in solidarity with all of that and uh, with the intention of safety, um, healing, being seen, being cared for, just offering silence, prayers, love, whatever you offer. We'll do that now uh, for just a few moments of um, intentional silence. Thank you for joining me in that practice. And from my understanding, which is limited and incomplete, as I have said before, um, 
and just and limited by the fact that I will never know the lived experience of the Afghan people and just really important it feels important to acknowledge that but from my understanding um, what we can do now is uh, just help to get people out and safe and cared for um, and there are organizations on the ground uh, working to get people out and to promote uh, human rights and the sanctity of human life uh, the organization I've been focusing my energy on is women for Afghan women so if you have the financial resources I encourage you uh, to to share them if possible uh, and then another thing you can do that doesn't require financial resources is to advocate um, I am a social worker in training and one of the pillars and uh, principles of social work is advocacy right I'm I'm working to be a psychotherapist to work with people in therapy uh, but the reason social work is different from just traditional psychology and therapy is that there is a social justice and advocacy piece that's really what makes social work what it is and we can all take that up right now we're all being called to advocate because uh, what I've been hearing and learning is that it helps to contact our local representatives and advocate uh, for the welcoming and resettling of as many displaced people as possible uh, so thank you for for what you uh, do and will do uh, for the folks in this crisis and I just I send my love I send my prayers I send my solidarity uh, to the Afghan people and I don't start with that acknowledgement for nothing. One, it just felt important. This is, uh, I specifically have named this podcast and positioned this podcast as uh, yoga philosophy discussion and guided meditation for the moments we're living in. Uh, and this is one of the most uh, pressing and tragic and real and important things happening in the moments we are living in right now here in mid-August of 2021 when I'm recording this. And so I couldn't use whatever platform I have without acknowledging that. So that's one reason, but it's not unrelated to what I want to talk to you about this week because uh, the, the crisis in Afghanistan, the suffering of the Afghan people is just one of the really big, really heavy things happening in the collective right now. There is a lot of suffering, a lot of instability, a lot of grief, a lot of pain, and it's palpable. Uh, and it's it has a density to it. Um, you know, this all of this is happening in the middle of a global pandemic where people are still suffering, people are still dying, all of us are still facing threats to our safety, uh, feelings of uncertainty, feelings of burnout, uh, just sustained sustained levels of stress and fear and traumatic experience. And all of that is still happening too, uh, along with everything else, right? I, I feel like there's a collective uh, catchphrase, everything else. And we each know what that means for the world and for each of us. It's all happening in the context of everything else. And it's just weighing heavy, at least in my own experience this week. Uh, and, and even, you know, just the past several days, even beyond just this particular week we're in, it's just been weighing really heavy. And I can feel that even in like a physiological way. It's been difficult to sleep really for the last year and a half, um, but particularly now, although I am um, realizing and 
remembering that um, I can't serve anyone or um, be a part of the change needed in the world if I'm not taking care of myself. So I am trying to get to bed early intentionally every night, but that's just to say I feel it uh, really in my body in a lot of ways weighing really heavily. And from what I have seen and read and conversations I've had with my beloveds and just um, people that I know, I'm not the only one that this is weighing heavily on. Um, And in that heaviness, I got caught in a really stressful situation and it just reached a tipping point where there was one thing too much and I just hit a wall. And I will candidly tell you the story of that stressful situation because I'm sitting here with a microphone (laughs) and I can. So here we go. Um, So I have had a headache sustained for the past several days, which typically I have a headache for a day and then it gets better after I sleep or just the next day. But it's been sustained um, and it's also there have been some feelings of lethargy and just like can feel my body functions being a little weird and tired um, and I'm aware that it's allergy season and there's a hurricane that just passed or a tropical storm I think that just passed through my area and the low air pressure affects me um, and I'm stressed out and not sleeping I'm very aware that all of those factors are likely contributing to the fact that I'm not feeling super well um, and just to put it out there I'm feeling better today than I have in the last few days probably because I'm intentionally going to bed earlier but even still Still, I'm also aware that even though I am fully vaccinated, it's still possible for me to get COVID. And so I went to get a COVID test yesterday to be sure that I don't have COVID. Um, and I'm not, I'm not entirely sure yet. Like I said, I'm feeling better today and I'm relatively confident I don't have COVID, but I am not <laughs> arrogant enough to assume I know. So I'm still waiting on the test results. And um, so I don't have that to, to share with you, but I did go and get the test yesterday. Um, and it was a testing center near my house, one that I've never been to, uh, and the line was incredibly long. And it was longer than I was even able to be aware of because it's in a parking lot at a church and the church is on a hill. So you have to even drive up a hill to get to the actual parking lot. And the line started at the bottom of the hill. And there's really no way of seeing how long the line actually is when you're trying to come up a hill. And I got there about an hour before I needed to be leaving my town where I live to go and teach my Wednesday evening yoga class that I have taught for several years now. Um, And based on conversations I'd had with other people who've been tested there, that was plenty of time. Typically it's like an hour and, or excuse me, typically it's like a half hour experience. Um, So I get there and the line kind of creeps and it creeps and I'm like, okay, okay. And there's still a, there's still a period of time where I'm like, all right, this is going a little slow. Um, You know, I'm probably not going to have time to do anything, but just leave here and go straight to yoga but that's okay and then I get up the hill so that I can actually see the flat parking lot where the testing center is and I'm greeted with more and more line (laughs) line that I didn't even know to expect because it's kind of it's structured like a theme park where you're in line and you make a turn and you think you're finally making the turn that gets you to the end of the line but actually it's a double back and you have to loop back around and kind of circle around again and do it all again before you're in the next section of the line and that's how this was structured plus It was in cars. It's a drive-up testing site. So everyone is in their cars. And that is to say, I didn't know how long the line was until I was all the way in it. And there's absolutely no way to get 
out. So as I continued to creep through this long line, um, in slow moving line, it became more and more apparent that I was I was in trouble as far as the amount of travel time I was left with to try to make it to this yoga class. And as it got later and later, it became clear that I just wasn't going to make it. So I'm sitting in my car trying to get tested for COVID, which I worried that I might have. And I'm about to miss a yoga class that I teach, which by the way, I teach with a mask on and air purifiers. Uh, so precautions are in place there. Um, so I'm, I'm, there's a lot of like stressful uh, factors already starting to pile on. And so I'm sitting in my car trying to find really quick last minute coverage for this class. Uh, and it became clear that no one was going to be able to cover uh, and so as it got closer to five, I wanted to go ahead and reach out to my students and let them know I wasn't going to make it because that seemed like the only other option just to keep them in the loop and um, let them know that if they, you know, just make sure they didn't get all the way over there for me not to be there or give them the chance to decide not to leave the house if they hadn't left yet. Uh, so I texted them and after having conversation with the one of my beloved friends who is now you know, congratulations to her, the owner of the yoga studio I've been teaching at for a few years. It would have been better to wait a little bit to cancel so that we could really try to find a way to make that class happen. Um, and it all, it unfolded the way that it did. And we all did the best we could with what we had in the moment. But the compilation of being in line to get a COVID test at all, having the test experience be so stressful having to miss a class, which breaks my heart in so many ways because I love my students. I was looking forward to being with them. I don't want to not teach and I don't want to not show up for people. And then that combined with the fact that I handled it in a way that wasn't ideal. It just, whew, talk about weighing heavy. It became too much. So I finally get under the testing tent and I get my nose swabbed. And rather forcefully, I might add, you, if you've had a COVID test, you know, it's never like it's not a it's not a sweet, sensual experience. It's pretty uh, it's pretty invasive. And then this because the testing site was so busy and everyone was so stressed, it felt a little more uh, rough. Uh, so that finally happens. And I just I pull away from the testing site and I pulled over in a neighborhood and just ugly cried when I tell you I it was, there were noises, there were heaves in my body, there were like guttural yells coming from my guts, like it was just ugly, violent crying. And I laugh about it now because it's okay. I don't share the the type of crying I was doing to kind of position myself as a victim. It's kind of funny when you think about it. I'm, I'm laughing and I'm lighthearted and I'm just, I'm describing it to you to just describe how over it I was at that point because I was it was one the 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 combination of everything that came together to be stressful in that one moment yesterday was a bridge too far for me with everything else there's our catchphrase everything else that was going on and I just could not fucking do it anymore and I lost my shit a little bit and I'm here the next day recording a podcast with love in my heart and lightness in my soul and a lighthearted tone in my voice. So I'm okay. I made it, right? But oh my God, was that, it was a lot. 
And I woke up this morning still a little bit stressed about the whole experience, especially the fact that I missed class um, and didn't show up in a way that I want to show up in my integrity as a yoga teacher for this studio that I love and value so much and for the students that I love and value so much. Uh, So I'm laying in my bed doing that thing where I wake up and my thoughts are like, oh, your eyes are open. Time to continue to play the, uh, the reel of things that you need to work through and be stressed about. Um, so that happened. And, and this experience with missing this class was really the, the biggest thing on my mind. And some sort of intuitive voice, if you've heard me speak about it on this podcast before, you know that I think of, you know, there's, there's a voice, there's a, there's a, there's an essence that I hear that is different in tone and texture and tenor than my own thoughts. It's I can hear it like it's my thoughts, but I can tell it's not my thoughts. And I refer to that as the voice of my teacher, the voice of my higher self. You might refer to that as the voice of God, the voice of the universe, that, that intuitive guidance that you know is not coming from the chaos of your mind. And I heard that voice as I was laying in bed and stressing this morning And it said, you are not a machine. You are not a machine. You are an animal with a beating heart. You are not a machine. You are an animal with a beating heart. And I want to acknowledge that some of that guidance came from one of my wonderful teachers. She's actually, she was the original founder of this studio I was talking about um, because she had sent me an email the other day. She'd forwarded me an email um, just addressing the barrage of chaos that we are being asked to take in right now and just acknowledging that we were not made to take in that much information so I think getting that email from from Rebecca shout out to Rebecca um I think getting that from her really planted the seed so that my higher self or my the voice of my um intuition or my teacher whatever it might be could then find me this morning and form that clear guidance of you are not a machine you are an animal with a beating heart and you know the fact that we these human animals have gotten to a point where we have all this technology and this machinery and this otherworldly capacity to, um, you know, work with machines. That's a whole other conversation. And how that all happens, it's a, it's a divine mystery. But we are animals with beating hearts. We are not made to perform perfectly in every moment especially moments when we're under immense stress and pressure which with so much love I am acknowledging that we all are right now so it's okay if we glitch out a little bit and we fuck up a little bit and we can't show up in the ways that we want to and then we get stressed out about not showing up and that breaks our hearts and we hit the wall it's okay because we're not machines We are animals with beating hearts and we can be soft around that and we can be a little open around that and a little gracious around that, both to ourselves and other people. That's at least what that teaching, that guidance, that reminder 
calls me into. And what it called me into this morning was some practice. I didn't have a lot of time to sit for my morning meditation, but I did intentionally go to sit at my altar for a little morning practice before I started my day because I hadn't sat physically at my altar in a bit. So I went and got the put the cushion down and sat at my altar. And that remembrance that I am not a machine, I'm an animal with a beating heart, It called me, it inspired me to remember all the ways that I'm taken care of. Just like, you know, so many animals live in community and depend on one another. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Um, I was inspired to remember the ways I'm taken care of. I was inspired to think about my students that I missed yesterday and be grateful for them and send them just my loving energy, all the energy I would have offered to them in the physical yoga class we didn't get to share together. And I thought about uh, these two women uh, that are kind of the stewards of this yoga studio, both the owner, Tiffany, and the, the founder, Rebecca, um, who showed up for me and kind of took on some of my stress and chaos for better or for worse and um, made things happen for me yesterday. And I sent them my love and my gratitude. Um, And so that remembrance that we are animals with beating hearts, I think is also uh, just a reminder to stay in touch with our capacity for love and gratitude. Because love and gratitude are two of the deep qualities of the heart and we have these beating hearts that may be imperfect and we may show up imperfectly, but boy, do we have capacity to love. And so I want to share with you the same practice that I did, or at least a piece of it that I did this morning uh, to remember my love and gratitude in my beating heart. So now is the time on the Awareness Offerings podcast where we go into embodied meditation practice. So if you are not in a position where you can stop and get still and meditate, this might be a good moment to pause and come back in a bit when you can. If you're ready right now to go into meditation, I'll invite you into a comfortable seat as always your comfortable seat is any seat wherever you go to lengthen your spine so you can do that by sitting in a chair sitting on your bed sitting with your back up against the wall sitting with a cushion under your legs or blocks under your knees Uh, you can cross your legs or not you can move your body around throughout this practice if you need to take care of your body You can position your hands and arms in any way that you need to right now to find both a long spine, long because the spine is the central pathway for all of our energy. So keeping it long and open just keeps things moving freely. There's a a flow to things when we do that. And we want it upright uh, just so that we can avoid falling asleep. And if you need to sleep, no judgment ever, but typically when we're meditating, it's a consciousness practice, so we want to be conscious. So you find your own long and upright spine. You settle into your seat, whatever that might be for you. As you settle into your seat, feel free to close your eyes again. You can gaze down the tip of your nose or even gaze softly at the floor. If it's possible and comfortable for you, you just do whatever you need to do to soften your external vision and turn your awareness toward yourself instead. Meeting your breath and your body and your existence in the present moment.
And the breath is one of the clearest present moment experiences that we have. So we can follow the breath to help ourselves land and arrive in the present moment. So if it feels okay for you to do so, you might start to bring your awareness to your breathing. In and out through the nose if nostril breath is possible for you because nostril breathing as opposed to mouth breathing is a signal to your body that there's no stress. Signal to your nervous system that there's no danger and it helps to turn off or turn down your stress response. But other than a nostril breath, there's nothing you have to do to change your breath, judge your breath. You don't even have to think that hard about it. You just watch it. You let your mind rest on the simple patterns of inhale and exhale, and you follow those patterns into a more settled, grounded place, into some contact with the present moment. And that doesn't mean that your mind is just going to stop. That human mind, sometimes it's really easy for the mind to buy into the falsehood that we are a machine. And so it just keeps going and going. And it might not stop just because you're intentionally focusing on your breath. But with that intentionality, you have the capacity, you are empowered to say no. There, you're, you're starting to connect with a deeper part of yourself, which is uh, separate, not separate, but outside of the mind. Uh, and in that place, you can say no to the mind. You can just say not now to the thoughts and return to your breath over and over, just settling more and more. Now that we've purposefully set this container of breath and awareness, we'll go into the more structured part of this type of meditation that we're going to do. So I'm going to invite you to call to mind something, probably some one, but also something that makes you feel really taken care of or that you take care of yourself, just something or someone that you have a relationship of care with, whether they make you feel taken care of or you take care of them or both. And if you don't have that, you can just put your hands over your heart and acknowledge a relationship of care with yourself. In fact, if that feels better, you can do that. But if you're thinking of something or someone outside of yourself, I invite you to imagine them sitting in front of you as if you could see them just sitting cross-legged right in front of you. You can see the shape of their silhouette, the features of their face, their hair. You can feel kind of their energy and their essence. 
And you just imagine sending them love, sending them peaceful energy, sending them goodness, whatever kind of supportive qualities you feel like you have in your heart right now, you just send them out. You might even use your creative imagination to see it as like a light, like a golden light, just wrapping around them, landing on them, kind of settling over them like glitter. And if you're sending it to yourself, you send that golden light straight into your own heart. Just sending out love, sending out goodness, sending out peace. Because by giving those things away, we remember that we have them. We're not lacking in those things. We have them. a couple more breaths to send out those supportive caring qualities to whomever or whatever you're sending them to or to yourself Now that you have really activated your heart by working with the essence and energy of care, we'll just go into a mantra practice, a sound practice. It'll be a silent mantra, so you can just do it in your head, but a practice for just calling on and embodying those deeper qualities of your beating heart, because you are not a machine, you're an animal with a beating heart. So the mantras are simple. They are thank you, thank you, thank you. And love, love, love. So on your next inhale, you'll say to yourself, thank you, thank you, thank you. And you'll exhale, love, love, love saturating yourself with the essence of your own heart gratitude and love inhaling thank you thank you thank you exhaling love 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 inhaling thank you thank you thank you exhaling love 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 inhaling thank you thank you thank you exhaling love 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 
just continuing that practice on your inhales and exhales for a little over a minute and a half and I'll sit in silence doing it with you. One more round, inhaling, thank you, thank you, thank you. Exhaling, love, love, love. And then take a deep breath in through your nose. Release it with a sigh out of your mouth. It's a grounding practice. We'll do two more. And you can return to your natural breathing. You can let your eyes blink open, start to move your body around, just returning to the space, returning to your body, but not leaving the essence of your heart that you remembered through practice. It goes with you and it matters so much that it goes with you, that you live in this world in the essence of your heart. Because indeed, you're not a machine. You don't have to be perfect. You don't even have to be good. But you are an animal with a beating heart. And you just gotta be in it. Thank you for joining me for this awareness offering and for going into embodied practice with me. You can find me on social media at Laura Tara, L-A-U-R-A-T-A-R-A, on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. My intro and outro music was created by none other than my very own brother, Oxella Sun, O-X-E-L-A-S-U-N, whom you can also find on Instagram. <laughs>